Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix's 99th film. It's the 2018 science fiction action film, Extinction. It's directed by Ben Young, and it stars Michael Pena, Lizzie Kaplan, Mike Coulter, Erica Tremblay, Emma Booth, and Israel Brassard. I am Jesse, and I'm here with my co-host, MJ. How are you doing, MJ? You are here with me. Yes, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do a sci-fi film again. I feel like it wasn't that long ago we did one, so it's uh, nice to have a couple sort of uh, rolling all in at once, I guess. Um, That's right. Yeah, Tao. Yeah. Yeah, you Tao do like your sci-fis. Yeah, I, yeah. Feel, I feel like we haven't had a ton of sci-fis in the first 99 Netflix original movies, but um, mm. I think they've got a nice place on Netflix. Well, yeah, we've had Tao and then we had um, How It Ends and now we've got this one as well. Uh, so, And that's all been within the last sort of 10 episodes or so. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting a nice little... Are you saying How It Ends wasn't a real depiction of how the world's going to end? Well, that, if, if that's how well, we're predicting, so it's got to have a little bit of, a little bit of fiction in it. Uh, so, yes, I, I am looking forward to this one because I know that you enjoyed, or you didn't enjoy, but you liked How It Ends a lot better than I did. Um, I think we were both mm. sort of similar with Tao. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing where this one's going to fall um, with your thoughts because I, I can't predict it. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Three really different films for what it's worth. I know, you know, genre doesn't mean everything just because you like one genre, you're going to like every movie. But yeah, you're right. How It Ends, I think I liked more than the general public. I actually, I referenced a mate on that podcast who uh, who got my expectations down. He actually messaged me yesterday. He, he just listened to it. And he was so disappointed at me for not going harder on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I was questioning whether he was going to be disappointed in myself for not being able to put any proper thoughts together as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, like, it's his fault for getting my expectations down. And then I didn't actually mind it. And then obviously I read what the rest of the world thought of it and everyone hated it. So, um, And Tao, I think we both kind of enjoyed without setting the world on fire. It was just kind of all right. Um, mm. But the, all these three films are really different. They are, but um, yeah, again, yeah, this is something that I, I, I had heard of this one. I was sort mm. of had, had been sitting in my watch list for a long time and I was like, well, we'll eventually get there, so there's no point watching it prior and uh, we're here. So let's uh, start off with our fast flicks where you tell me what you think this film is about in a brief way. Yeah, way. I'm not, this is, uh, we've done 99 of these and this is going to be my worst and I'm going to preface it by saying I, I, I would have a lot of trouble telling someone about this film um so uh, let me my fast flicks is you've got a family man who's played by michael penner who has these continuous premonitions of an upcoming invasion before the events actually occur but it is hard to do this film justice in a spoiler free format yeah I does that make sense that, that is perfect way of putting it because you can't really spoil like if you want to talk about this film you're going to spoil it straight away to yeah to actually try and um put any context behind it so if you did want to check this one out that's a good uh, little warning for our Mm. audience to say hey give us a pause and um come back because we're probably gonna um get into this very very shortly um and and destroy um the the whole story for you so yeah i I because without spoiling it it's a boring it's a really boring uh elevator pitch it's like oh yeah cool i might check that out it doesn't seem to be that good i'm not saying it's amazing but there's the, the the main things that you take out of the film Spoilers. <laughs> so, so I, I, I would premise, and even if someone asks me what it's about, I'd say, look, I can't really do it justice without spoiling it, but this is what it's about. 
Ish. Good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, ish. I'm the same. I've said it's about a man who's trying to put meaning to visions that he can't shake and what these mean to his understanding of humanity. And, and what oh, that's actually really good. Really? I don't know. I, I, I like that I a lot. I don't like putting the word and in the middle, but I, I was like, it's <sighs> about this and it's about this. So I just wanted to sort of put that in there. Um, yeah. No, that makes me interested to see that film. If you said that, I'd be like, okay, there's something there that I wouldn't mind. So, all right. No, maybe I, I just didn't put enough time and effort into my crappy <laughs> nah, Well, the, I guess the, the question for you then is, does that summarize the film okay? Like, I'm not too far off the track. It sort of gives a little bit of an understanding, I guess, to it. Absolutely. It ta- and it takes out, you know, probably one of the really main points that's that's it's important and doesn't, doesn't really uh, spoil it for anybody but that gives you enough hope to be like, okay, I couldn't, I could enjoy this. Okay, good. All right, let's uh, let's sidetrack into what we've been able to to find out about the making of this film. This one had quite a bit uh, for a change. We, we've had a few where we haven't had an awful lot, but hit us off, MJ, with uh, your understanding of how this one came together. Yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a little bit of a story here, which is nice, and, and not not a story that we haven't seen before. This is this has happened before with Netflix and and some of the original films that we've done so far. So, December 2013, uh, this film got inducted or inducted included into the 2013 blacklist. Uh, and again, we've had a lot of films that have been on the blacklist that have that have come out of uh, that have come onto Netflix, but. So the blacklist, as we've spoken about before, is is a list of uh, unproduced scripts that uh, basically the world or Hollywood uh, vote on as some of the best unmade scripts. So this was in the 2013 blacklist. And then in January 2014, so it wasn't there for long, um, did, it got announced you, that... I was just going to cut you off, sorry. But before, did you, say, did you say who was originally like linked with it in 2013? It was uh, Joe Johnson, who directed Captain America and James McAvoy. Like, so that's some big names. Well, that's on it. it. Really. Yeah. Sorry. Probably... So that was January 2014. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> January 2014, Joe Johnston was linked to, or he actually signed to direct it. And as he said, Joe Johnston's done Jumanji, Honey, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Captain America, Jurassic yeah. Park 3, October Sky. Like, this film is a different movie if James Johnston does it. Um, and then September uh, of 2016, so that's two and a half years later, it was revealed that James McAvoy was actually in talks to play the lead in this film. So this could have been a Joe Johnson, James McAvoy movie, as you as you alluded to. Yeah. Um, and that all fell down the toilet, really. So in October 2016, so it's, it's been around for nearly three years, Ben Young actually signed on to direct the film. So Johnston had already left it. And in January 2017, so again, a few months later, that was when Michael Panner came on to take the the James McAvoy role, which was never a confirmed role, but that's what they were trying that's who they were trying to get. Um, and then in February 2017, so only a month later, Universal came on board. Universal Pictures, they got the worldwide distribution rights to this film. Uh, they had the production budget set, they were all ready to go, and they made the film basically. So we, we obviously got the rest of the cast on board, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, the film was shot in Serbia uh, over around 40 days, and in November 19, sorry, in November 2017. So that's six months, give or take, from when they signed on and got everything ready to go. Universal basically pulled Extinction from its schedule, so they had no explanation. You can only assume that it wasn't trending in the direction they thought they uh, they were hoping for. It was probably potentially going to lose them some money. Uh, with a theatrical release. So they pulled it in November 
when it was actually due for a January 26 theatrical release. Only a few months before it was supposed to release, they just completely pulled it. And after that, Netflix acquired the film from Universal in February of 2018, uh, and they released the film in July that year. So there's we don't know how much Netflix paid for it, um, but I'm assuming Universal was happy enough to recoup, maybe not what they've lost, but they were happy enough to do that deal so that it would go on Netflix and, and wouldn't no longer be a Universal film. And this became a Netflix original film because of that. Yeah, yeah very good. Um I apologize for cutting you off earlier. I was like, oh, I thought I might have found something that you didn't find, but uh, <laughs> you proven me wrong as usual. You're, you're very uh, detailed and I love listening <laughs> to, to your narrative of how um, the films come together. So, yeah, a, a great little summary. And I think, um, yeah, it's got a nice – it's got a, a, one of those Netflix stories that, you know, think back to like Spectral, I think, was another mm. – It's the first, first thing I thought of was Spectral, yeah. Yeah, yeah had, had another very similar um, story. Um, yeah, I – I liked the, well, I've only got not much else from apart what you've uh, shared, but just a couple of little things about when it was filmed and there's a, there's a train scene in there and uh, it, it, they filmed, like you mentioned in Serbia and this train didn't need any makeup at all because this is like what the train operates like in, in Serbia. Um, and I thought it was cool that they, they used this underground station that was made for their Metro lines, but had never been used. So they had, they didn't even mm. need to build any sets. So that was, um that was a cool little story um, behind it. And How's that for location scouting, though? Big tick. Yeah. It's like, we've also got this unused train station. I don't know if that's going to help in your plot at all. It's like, no, no, that's exactly what we need. We'll, uh, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah. We, we mentioned Tau before. Was, was Tau filmed in Serbia as well? From memory, um, I feel like it was in oh, a... testing me. Yeah. yeah, but I, I just feel like this is um, yeah an interesting little thing that we've got these sci-fi films that are... True. Although Tau was entirely um, in, Internal interior shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the only other thing that this is sort of a spoiler um, sort of thing as well, but just these little um, spots throughout the film that that people had picked up on about what um, may come in the film. And there's a scene where there's this big party and no one's eating. And I'm not going to say anything more, but I just really like that. that they, they <laughs> You've done the spoiler back. alert. and you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it because I, I want to hold on. I want to hold on. But I like that too. Um so yeah, so you meant <laughs> we gotta hold on. Um, I know you mentioned before, uh, like, so it, it hit Netflix in uh, the end of July, twenty eighteen. It was actually had a release in a um a film festival in October twenty eighteen in Portugal. Um, it's called the Dokla Saboa. Um, and yeah, it's meant mainly a, a documentary film festival, but this played there as well. So I thought that was um an interesting little thing that you know three months after it's already been on streaming that it, it got a a theatrical you know um, playing in in a festival which was mm. um, i'm glad that you found that because i um i noticed that it did have a box office albeit minuscule and i couldn't i couldn't figure out why it had made money over the box office so that obviously would explain that hopefully yeah hopefully that answers that one um the only other mm. thing that i sort of had was uh it, it won an award mm. for this is one of those awards that we we hear quite a lot with netflix films which is the golden reel award so it won the 2019 Motion Picture Sound Editors of USA Award for Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing, Sound Effects, Foley, Music, Dialogue, ADR for a non-theatrical feature. So um, an award winner that, off Netflix. That's got to be a good win, especially for that team. Like, mm. I'm sure not not every single, uh, just because it might not be a bigger award ceremony, they'd be pretty stoked with that award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a, a nice little pickup. I had a uh, Netflix percentage match for this one as well, which I seem to be getting a bit. Uh, yeah. Did you have one? I did. Yeah. yeah. What did you get? 
Mine was 92. Ooh, wow. Did you give a thumbs up, thumbs up for how it ends or something? I don't, I don't recall for how it ends or Tau giving it a thumbs up. Obviously, Ark, I gave Ark a thumbs up. I probably gave Spectral a thumbs up back in the day. Um, but yeah, 92%. I think I'm going to love this. Yeah, mine was also high, not quite as high as yours, but I was at 86, so uh, some high. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so some very high uh, predictions from Netflix on this one. So we're nearly there, yeah. but we'll let you know what we actually thought. But before we do that, let's look at some, <laughs> let's look at some consensus on this one. What, what were you able to find out from the critics and the audience? Uh, probably tempered, a tempered response from a fan reaction for the film. So it's got a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Off forty three and a half thousand ratings. That's plenty of ratings. Five point eight's not terrible. I mean, I think if you're getting over a six, it's a good, it's a good score. I'd be pretty happy with with anything that's a, basically a three star or more relevant. So it's just under that. Uh, Letterboxd certainly didn't like it as much. That's a two and a half out of five off just over ten thousand ratings. Um, so just generally that that more filmy audience that we see on Letterboxd weren't really didn't really come to the party with this one mm, well yeah uh the google users liked this one this was an 81 percent, which is mm-hmm. we, we generally do see high ones so that, that was good but rotten tomatoes this one was uh a bit lower than what we saw on the other sort of uh platforms where it was at 39 percent, and this oh. is um a rotten consensus they had enough reviews to give it a consensus as uh, on oh, 23 no. reviews uh the audience also had it fairly low on 48 percent and that was on a bit over 1200 so yeah right. on the, the lower end from the the critics uh on rotten tomatoes for this one yeah not a hugely popular film if you look at that no nah. all right well let's see whether you thought it was a an okay film with your early thoughts on this one i'm excited that you don't know because you know we, we've we've watched obviously prior to doing these 99 movies that we've done on this podcast you know we we sort of talk film a lot you and i and we, we tend to have an, have an idea of who, what we're going to like. And I like that you don't know. And, and I'm kind of just padding now, so you've got to wait even longer to find out. Um, in general, I didn't mind it. Uh, it. It had some pros and cons, no doubt. But I enjoyed the twists in the story. Uh, like, really enjoyed the twists. I, I liked the topics and the, and the questions around AI and the idea of what constitutes humanity. And I generally just like Michael Penner in most things, which, which always helps. But... I also think the film just felt like it was lacking a little bit and I was left wanting a little bit more. What that is, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll come to in this conversation because I can't quite put my finger on it. But I mean, all in all, I was pretty engaged throughout the whole film and it had a really good runtime for what it was as well, which, which certainly helped too. So I generally liked it um, without loving it. Okay, good. Yeah, I was just I was concerned after you, the that you liked how it ends a little bit more than I did and I was thinking, oh, this one... It, it's got similar sorts of ideas a little bit like tiny little mm, bit about yeah. you know survival and things like that so i didn't know where this one was going to sit with you whether you liked it more than that or less than that so i guess that's where my yeah my confusion or inability true, to yeah. read you um sort of came to <laughs> for for myself uh yeah I, I was into this one like straight away uh good. i thought that the locations were good uh some of the visuals were a little bit of a letdown, but there were some good visuals. So, you know, that's a 50-50 sort of ballpark for that. I, I like Michael Pena and uh, I, I really needed to know what these visions meant to him and where they were coming from. So I think that hooked me in t- to want to stick it out and work out, you know, what were the meaning of these. So, yeah, I, I'm positive on this one. 
Yeah, I think you're right. There's there's a general I am going to have to keep watching to find out kind of vibe with this film. You just and every time they reveal something, you're like, okay, now I need to know more, uh, and that's that's a really good trait. Yeah. Okay. Time for us to look at some characters. So hit us off with uh, Peter MJ. I'm going to name him and shame him. Yeah. And say, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I think there's also there's a weird lens that you have to put on these characters once you discover that they're actually AIs. Because initially, I wasn't overly interested in any of them, particularly. Um, They were fine, but not a lot jumped out. And I think that kind of makes sense and becomes normal once you know why. Um, So this is probably the most trouble I had with any of these characters, any characters that we've done. Just because there's this... There's this disconnection, this kind of robotic vibe to them all, which I which I picked up without picking up, if you know what I mean. And then when it when when we know why, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of maybe why I couldn't connect as well to any of the characters. But P- Peter, in general, um, like uh, on the whole, I think he was a good enough everyman for me to follow, um, and and that that placidness behavior that I spoke about kind of kind of worked after it was revealed, but. Um, Apart from that, I just there's just not a lot that jumped out with me with with him. Okay, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, there was that sort of robotic like, and they start that off with this routine, I guess that 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 he he speaks of straight away, where he's got this you know work home family work home family mm. sort of thing, and uh, I liked that he sort of questions who he is. He doesn't really know who he is at the start, so I I enjoyed and wanted to see this reveal of him finding out exactly who he is, I guess. And these, these visions helped with that. Like I mentioned before, because they continually confused him and and they put this routine out that he thought was normal. And I liked the the connection with the wife, not so, not so much the kids, but I thought him and the wife Mm. um, were were really good. And um, they showed it early on that, you know, that they weren't impressed with his lack of interest early when, you know, he's, he's so focused on trying to work out who he is and what these visions mean to him. And mm. this was highlighted to me where he, he goes to this shop to buy this telescope and he, you know, comes home, tells the wife, oh, it's for the kids sort of thing. But you, as the audience, you know, this is really for him because he's he's trying to search yeah. what's going on. And the even though, and I, I liked that because even though that's a little bit of a white lie, I guess, to the wife, he still sort of wants, he wants to, still be upfront with her and the kids and you know he's happy he does this with the kids when he fixes that monkey toy that doesn't talk so he's mm. sort of asking for this forgiveness and he doesn't want to deceive her like he goes to this uh, whole life wellness center mm. thing where you know they're wiping memories or whatever and he comes home and he tells her hey, look i didn't speak to anyone so i mm. did sort of enjoy this sort of little complexities i guess with him and and his motives of exactly what he wants to do because family is important to him but understanding who he is himself is also so important to him. Um, and I liked that. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really well captured and, and I'm glad that it, it really worked for you. Um, you want to talk about Alice as well? Cause you kind of touched on her and I, I, I don't want to stop your train of thought. You kind of would, would de- yeah, delving right. into her as well. Yeah. Good idea. So I, I like to see this, uh, she was almost a strong female, even though she wasn't the lead character, she was still a strong lead and, uh, you know, she, they, they set her off as doing well at work, getting promotions, 
And I really like this line that she had with, um, with Peter where she says, you know, a husband who refuses to deal with the issues is scarier than his nightmares. So she's, she's committed to this relationship and, and we see her, you know, when she does work out what's going on straight away, we, there's no pause or anything. She's like, look, I'm sorry. I didn't believe you. So, yeah. just, and she, and she was happy to go and kick ass with him as well and, and get mm. involved. So it was nice to see rather than just, you know, the male guy going through doing everything himself. It was nice to see her there supporting him and being a part of it rather than just being a side character. Yeah. You bang on there. I, I, I really agree with, I, I do like her ability to go, Oh, shit, this is what you were saying? Okay, what happens next? Okay, what do we do? All right, I'm on board. Like, that was really nice. There wasn't, they didn't drag out with the, her not believing or anything like that. As, as soon as he was up front and, and she kind of figured it out, she was in. And and that kind of made it more of a that adventure movie than like this mm. slow family drama. Yep, yeah, good. Uh, any other characters that you want to mention? I, I definitely want to talk about Miles, who is the alien human... <laughs> guy um it's interesting for me and this is probably a really personal thing i'm not sure everyone would have felt this way but how quickly i flipped onto the side of humanity in this story and i almost forgot that the humans once i realized that they were humans were basically performing genocide on innocent bystanders i was i was all of a sudden once this story got fed to me i was like okay i i'm a human I want to. I want the humans to do well. And I think this lived through Miles, the fact that he showed that humanity that he he had no reason to show. And I, I like his story around, you know, we didn't know what to expect. I've grown up with knowing that you guys are the enemy, and and seeing, you know, I didn't come here to to kill, you know, families and and children. Um, I just, it, I, I something about that character that I that I clung to straight away, uh, that I didn't necessarily get with any other character and that's you know that's the the film for me got really interesting when when his reveal sort of came came to that's really good to hear because yeah like uh, i didn't have that like i know he mm. reveals his the, the human side of things but through his story as well you hear that they've both committed crimes against each other and i yeah. I, I liked and I, I didn't really side with him because i was like you're both as bad as each other and to me it just sort of brought in this sort of analogy with with race as well i guess is that you know even though they they may be different on the inside or on the outside or whatever it is that they're they're all still the same the same functioning types mm. of people just because what's on the inside a little bit is a little bit different doesn't mean that they don't they they shouldn't all get along or they shouldn't all be a part of this living on earth together um so yeah i i I agree with you that miles was a very interesting character to to look at because yeah he he gave you this side of things that you you weren't quite seeing with the others so far um Mm. i'm glad that that connection with you straight away was was good well he's the only he's actually the only human that we see um and i i think it's interesting that point that you make and I, i it's really similar around race and um it doesn't matter who you are on the outside but the the funny thing is the, probably three of the main characters that you do like are Alice, Miles, and Peter, and you know they're they're fighting for different sides, but they're they're all deep down they're genuinely pretty good people, and it just goes to show that just because one side of a race is doing is doing one thing, that doesn't reflect every single person in that race. And I think we're seeing obviously in the world right now really similar things happening mm-hmm. that people are lumping certain races. Is I, I, I want to use a different word to just race, but certain groups of people are getting lumped into the bad behavior of, you know, one or two. Uh, and that's something that we want to eradicate. And this film talks about that really well. 
Yeah, and I yeah, completely agree because, like you said, you connect to these three people. They're all different, but they all want the same thing. They all want to be on Earth. Um, and mm. it's just it's that issue that we have as a society we're constantly facing is how do we make this work? How do how can everyone get along when they all want the same thing? Um, when there's so many different priorities and and you know past histories that are taught and and things that you know we we hear that aren't necessarily true or we don't understand the full picture. And they can coexist. I mean, that, that's, mm. that, that, they showed that so clearly that despite the fact that Peter was trying to kill him, uh, he still, uh, Miles still helped him and, and let him live. And I, I kind of really like that when they sort of just introduce themselves right at the end, that that's real humanity right there. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Good. I, I wanted to briefly just touch on the, the two daughters, Hannah and Lucy. Mm. Uh, a lot of stuff online, there is so much hate for those two characters and those two performances. Um, and <laughs> I, I kind of agree. <laughs> and they are going to take up quite a few of my scenes that I didn't like. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether it was the performances, whether it was the the role, but, th yeah, they they didn't add anything, those two daughters, to me. I know you need to have kids to have that extra sort of uh, incentive or motive to succeed and do what you want to do, but I'm not sure that the way they did it was uh, 100% perfect. I agree with you entirely. Um, it, I don't necessarily think it's the performance as much as it's the characters and the role that they had them play, and I think it was just completely over the top, and um, we, we just didn't need to see them screaming and crying in every single scene. Um, that's, that's basically good. the crux of it. Yep. Good, 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 good. Although right, do you we... think, do you think that Hannah, the, so Hannah was the oldest girl, you know how she loved being in the lift. Do you think that her, when she was, you know, I guess what's the word programmed to serve people back in the old world, that she was like a lift person. Yes, probably like yeah, a lift that... operator. Yeah. yeah. I, I had that as a question for later on, to be honest, because I, I yeah, I, <laughs> that whole like there's just literally this one scene of, of her in this lift and yeah i'm glad that you took that out of it because i was like i, was a oh, I like it if it's the case yeah. yeah okay yeah no i think that's a, a good explanation okay um director should we ben, ben young did you find ben anything young. out about yeah ben young anything about him that you found interesting uh oh i love the fact that he's australian um yeah so from what I can gather, he, he directed a film in 2016 called Hounds of Love, which uh, I'm not familiar with, but won lots of awards that played at the Venice Film Festival. And that more or less got him the gig here. And this is the, that was the first time he'd ever been to America. Um, and straight away, he's into a movie with Michael Penner and Lizzie Kaplan. So uh, apart from that, he's done, I think he's done a few shorts and whatnot, but uh, it's pretty cool. To, you know, we're, we're Australian. We'd like to see a few hometown boys getting the job done. Yeah, well, I, I have uh, Hounds of Love on, on Blu-ray if you did want to borrow it. Uh, I, I watched it. That was, it was a random um, random, random pickup for me at JB Hi-Fi one day, uh, to right. be honest. It was, I, I usually follow JB Hi-Fi just to see what releases are sort of coming out each week. And, yeah, it would have been back 20 – it was about 2016, I think, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just I saw this uh, film come up. I'm like, oh, I don't know much about it. And I popped into JB and I was like, I'm going to buy a DVD or something today. And <laughs> – I was like perfect, and I vividly remember buying it because it was it was like it was uh, wrapped in individually, like it was like a small little production. Like I just vividly remember, and the the Blu-ray case was like not like the normal one; it was like a little bit of a cheaper sort of version. So oh, cool. if you did, um, yeah. So I watched that uh when it came out or when I purchased it. So if you are keen to um give it a crack, 
feel free to borrow it. <laughs> Did you like it? I think it's like a, like a over a seven on IMDb. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a nice little um sort of horror-y, um Aussie film. It's got um from memory, it's got um Stephen Curry like not yeah uh, I read that yep. Aussie yeah no. yeah I'm pretty sure it's got him in it from memory. Um, but yeah, I did watch it a few years ago, so my remembrance of the the film isn't so great, but I do remember enjoying it. So yeah, all right, I might add it to the list. Done. All right, let's uh let's get into our scenes where we start off with some scenes that we enjoyed. So, what are some things that you liked in this one? Yeah, I've got three. Um, there, early on, there was a scene. This is one of those films, I, I, I'll add before I start, that there wasn't a lot of scenes that I didn't like, that I liked or didn't like. I just kind of watched it and everything was okay. <laughs> and then there were a few highlights and a few lowlights, but it wasn't one where I was just like, oh, that's amazing. That's memorable. That's awesome. So I'll preface it with that. But I really liked at the beginning when uh, Peter was waiting in the waiting in the waiting room uh, and and the bloke the bloke told him um, about the exact same thoughts that he was having and told him that they wanted to erase his thoughts. I was like, "Hello, where's where's this coming from? This is I didn't know this is going to be like a conspiracy movie. There's obviously something to it." So that got me excited. Um, it probably took twenty twenty five minutes to get to that point, but I was yeah, I was pretty excited when that happened. Good. Uh, um, the first invasion scene. Well, I guess the invasion scene. Um, that was awesome. Uh, and I guess you could almost argue that the invasion scene kind of goes for like 40 minutes. But <laughs> just just the, the initial idea of it happening and I like the fact that they kind of killed people off really quickly to, to show how serious it was. And um, I kind of felt like I was watching, you know, this kind of more serious diehard or even like No Escape from a few years ago. And, and that got me pretty, pretty up and about. It, it kind of slowed a little bit from there, but... Um, it was a pretty good initial scene. Yeah, it was like constant it, that 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 fight, like well, the invasion. I guess, like you mentioned, from when it lands, it, it doesn't stop. It just continues. Mm, yeah, if, true. Even if, the, even if it's in the background at times, um, yeah, it, it it doesn't stop. So yeah, I thought that was good too. Uh, and this, I mean, this is just the, the reason that the film probably went up a notch was that amazing twist. And I, I don't know about you, but I was, I had no idea that they were AI and they were humans that came in. It's funny because when they took the helmet off and we saw a human under there, I was actually a little bit let down because I was kind of hoping for an alien invasion. I love my alien movies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, it's just some dude from another country and it's just like these really sophisticated, you know, armor and all right, now it's not the movie I thought it was going to be. And when he, when he kind of said like, do you not know what you are? I was like, it's, what's going on? And I was kind of looking at her insides. I'm like, that looks a bit, hang on. And I just, I, I, I was just like, this is incredible. <laughs> I was just completely hit for six. It took everything to a whole new level of intrigue. And I just, I just needed it, needed more. And it was great. It was a great twist. It was an awesome twist. It has to be said. Good. I agree. I'll talk about did it you, a little bit more. Did you pick um, it? No, no. So I'll, I'll yeah, oh, I've got a little, I'll give, when I get to my scenes, I'll sort of say it in a different way, I guess. Yeah, well, it's I'm done now. It's up to your seeds. Oh, okay, all right, good. Um, yeah, so I like the setup at the start. Just there's a lot of these high angle shots of this futuristic sort of these that look like futuristic buildings and his workplace. And I thought that the the way that they set up the these settings and locations was really cool. And it sort of got me in the mood straight away to be like, okay, this isn't exactly the society that we're used to. Um, so yeah, so I, I liked that and got me in the mood straight away. Um, I I thought the the visions throughout, like like I mentioned before, they were 
just popping up every time. They kept me intrigued and I was mm. just looking out for when, when are these going to come back or when are we going to see these again? So I, I thought they were really cool. Um, I enjoyed the, the, at that party at their, um, their sort of apartment or whatever you want to call it, where Peter has this conversation with the, the neighbor on the balcony and sort of talks about, you know, looking in this wrong direction because he's so focused on the sky and, and how he should be focused more on the family and at home. And I just liked that as soon as that sort of invasion happens, that switch is I'm protecting my wife. I'm making sure that she survives. Mm. I'm thinking in the back of my head that my kids are waiting for me. Like I just really like that quick switch that he's gone, okay, these these visions don't really mean anything anymore because what I was seeing is happening. So now I just need to focus mm. on the family. So I thought that was cool. Uh, nice one. The, yeah, the, 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 there's a scene where one of the kids, I can't remember whether it was Hannah or Lucy, was under the table. And there was just this, and this mm. is when we sort of first see this human alien dude and this this point of view shot with him walking around with the gun of the kid and the um, it was just like it, this tension was really, really good. And, <laughs> and then with the mum coming in and then, you know, being the final hero, yes, the dad comes in and, and starts mm. him off, but she comes in and smashes that helmet and finishes him off or sort of for the time being. And I just really liked that. I thought it was nice that they didn't just leave it to the dad to be the savior. I thought that was cool. Um, That's a really good point. You know, it annoys me in movies when things like that happen and there's, there could be like a two on one scenario with these kind of fights and, and the mum or whatever will just like grab the kid and run away or something when I'm just like, hang on, they're both on the ropes here. You can just come in and do the final hit. So I appreciated that that's exactly what happened here. Cause I mean, yeah. come on, in real life, even if you're don't think that you're gonna be able to be any good in a fight, if you've got someone down, but then the bloke on your side's down as well, just do whatever you can to finish it off. So I was I, I was impressed with that as well. Yep, I agree. Uh and this is another sort of visual sort of thing that I liked where, where the, the family sort of, they drop down into this tunnel under the ground and the alien human dudes chasing them and they sort of hit the gas pipes or whatever they are. And it creates like this smoky sort of environment and you just mm. don't know where the guy in the helmet is or where Peter is. It just created this tension for me. That was really, really good. Um, and I was just like, when I think when there was that first sort of bang, it sort of got me a bit. That was really cool. Um, I liked, <laughs> I liked uh, when they they they're on the run and they arrive at Peter's work and and Alice is injured and this sort of leads into what we're talking about where with this twist or this reveal and I like when she comes straight through the door that they do this scan on her and her body yeah. and to me to me that misled me so well like it, I was like oh it's like she's infected like these guys turn them into the aliens or whatever they are or you know the ah. whatever you know whatever they are so that, that was a good mislead for me because I was like oh they're scanning her they can see that she's been infected. She's got whatever it is. They need to isolate her away from everyone else. And then obviously when, when we see what happens next, like that was such a good twist. I thought that was really, really good. Um, and the, you know, the, the, when Peter cuts into himself, that, that got me again as well, that he had the lungs. Cause I just thought the wife was this electronic or this, you know, oh, okay. they got me again, like, and the camera work there where it just does this full spin around and mm. obviously, uh, it just got me thinking. I'm like, oh my god! So, so she's AI, his AI, <laughs> syn- syn- synthetics or whatever they are. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is this got me really good. Um, and I, yeah, like I mean, I didn't have any inkling whatsoever about what was going on. So that was um, that was nice. And, That's good. I'll go back to yeah. what you said about them scanning her because I thought I, I just put that down to like, oh, this is just some sort of futuristic device that you can scan someone's health with and and pick mm. out what's wrong with them. It didn't even click with me, um, but. I did when he said, because he said to her, do you not know what you are? That's what I knew. I'm like, oh, my God, they're all AIs. And I, I kind of figured it out all, all then and there, but it was just a wonderful twist. You're right. Wonderful yeah. twist. Yeah, good. Um, And the last one that sort of got me thinking again, it's just a thinking scene, is when 
they get outside and they they find the two girls and this is this is like one of the visions where they find the two girls with the dead parents mm. and it just made me think again okay so this is how these girls are connected to these parents and i just i just mm. i just liked that it was i was on my toes the whole time trying to connect what was going on well then you start to realize that all these visions that you've seen aren't premonitions no. they're actually memories and and they tie it up really nicely because he's like hang on i'm bloody sure that i saw them dead on the ground with the with the girls crying next to them and you and they they substitute that really nicely yeah good yeah all right well that's that's me done with the things i liked so what are some things that you maybe didn't like in this one um you, you kind of mentioned how when he came back you you liked the fact that he told her that he didn't go in to see a um therapist or whatever it was going to be that was going to wipe his memory mm. it annoyed me that he didn't tell her about the guy in the waiting room because because <laughs> yeah. to me it was like i didn't go because someone is having the exact same me- flashbacks that i'm having and he told me not to do it because they're wiping our memory and i, I actually i appreciated the bit where he's like but i i got to do this because I, I can't keep doing this but i like that he i like that it happened and then he didn't tell her which just kind of felt stupid i I don't like when people do stupid things in movies for the sake of the plot, so that annoyed me. Oh, it was it was more to build up that tension with the relationship. I know, I get yeah. it, but like Peter was yeah, actually nah, super I... honest with her. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm just I'm going to do an all encompassing. The kids drove me crazy. Kind of yep. comment. Just yep. it was just too much all the time. Like especially the older one was old enough to know. Just shut up when you're trying to when you're trying to like hide from someone and not cause any attention. Just, just man up for just a little bit and be quiet, because it just, it was just nonstop and it was ridiculous. So, and again, I don't think that's an acting problem. I think that's a choice that they made. So, yeah, good. That's the the first thing that I had on my list is literally every scene with the two girls screaming, crying, or being scared mm. was just, it was, it was frustrating um, to say. It the was, least. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, there was a scene where they're on the rooftop and they get into this window cleaning sort of cart on the side of the building. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the CGI in that was so poor. It's almost a scene that you don't need. If you don't have the budget to do the special effects, just get them down a level some other way. Um, because it looked really, really poor, really poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. Actually. And I guess uh, I, the, the scene where, uh, the alien human Miles dude starts working on Alice. Just the blood and guts in that, that got me a little bit. I was like, oh, look gross. Um, so that's just a, <laughs> just a little nitpicky thing that I didn't like. And uh final thing was the the train scene at the end. This is similar to the cleaning cart, the, the effects yep. of that train rolling away with everything crumbling behind just looked quite fake. Um, it was atrocious. It was like, yeah, it, it was like going back to playing PS1 or something and the, 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 the graphics on an old um, video game system. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if it was supposed to look machine-like because they are machines effectively. Cause it looked like a model set. Like <laughs> yeah. you could tell. And I don't know whether I'm giving, I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt of, ah, okay. So they think like machines. So they build, they, they've built this thing out to work it a certain way, but it looked so bad. Well, especially when you the the train in that sort of subway was such a, a main like you'd seen it so many times already. So then to transition into a, a shot where it looks so unrealistic, I was like, yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. All right, that's me done. So this is the time where we have a look at anything that the film was trying to say, some themes, some ideas. So hit us off, MJ. Yeah, there's there's a fair bit happening here, and we we sort of spoke about it before, but I I, I like the idea of the how we treat 
one another and, and particularly uh, that fear of the unknown and, and just because it is unknown doesn't mean it's wrong or it's bad and um, don't don't judge someone you know on, on face value and that's I guess that's initially what happened with the humans with the AI and then on on the flip side um, the AI when they just completely turned on the human like there's just better ways to go about it and I kind of like that exploration of that in this whole film yeah it's very similar because yeah it's this idea of being alien because at the start we're Mm. we're fearful of these people with these helmets because we think they are alien and they're not really they're very very similar so you know it's what makes people better than others I guess when people are people we are the same I guess even though like I I spoke about this before but yes there's differences but we are sort of the same we want the same thing it's just this fear constantly of people worried about being replaced or being taken over or so you you build up that defense straight away where you're like anything that's a little bit different is wrong where yeah we need to to focus more on these these similarities rather than the differences um and yeah the the, the other thing i guess is survival like the this, this is just a, a genuine survival film too where they're doing their best just to survive <laughs> and yeah you're right <laughs> I, I i also think it talks about family and what and what makes mm. a family because it's obviously doesn't have to be blood to be a family like these four people kind of just got thrown mm. together and and forced to be a family and the love and the compassion and the emotion that comes out of these four people to fight to stay alive for each other is you know as palpable as any family unit you'll see on on screen so yeah, you know you don't works. actually have to be a proper family to be a family. Yep. Love it. But yeah. Really good. Yeah, that family is always a, a nice thing that brings everything together. Um, yeah. All right. What did we take away from this one? What did you, you take from this? Well, to, to me, I, I'm going to, I take out the twist. I don't, I don't think I can talk about this movie without talking about how good that twist was. And I think the twist kind of puts it on the map for me because otherwise I kind of worry that this isn't actually all that memorable. And, as I, I kind of said, I never really felt a massive connection to it, despite enjoying, you know, a lot of the elements of it. I, well, I didn't feel that connected to it, but that 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 twist is, I mean, sometimes you just, you, you go to a movie to feel a certain way and that twist came and I'm like, oh, this is such a nice feeling. Thank you for getting me. Thank you for fooling me. And um, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. But the problem with the twist is you can never talk about it with anyone unless they've seen it. Yeah, you can't yeah. say hey, this film's got a great twist. Cause I hate it when someone says that because then you're waiting for a twist. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've, I've literally got very, very similar thoughts because this was a, I don't know, maybe I was just in the mood where I wanted a film that made me think a bit and this one did. And yeah, the, the mm. twist was so enjoyable and um, mm. added to my overall enjoyment of it as well. So I, I also think this one would have been good in a dark cinema on a big screen. Like it just, I, I, just that the feels of a dark room with this mm. end of the, not, not end of the world, but like this sort of, you know, invasion. battle, that invasion, battle scenes, the tension, it, it just would have been really, really good in a, in a cinema. Oh yeah. You can tell it was made for the big screen, which it obviously was with universal having it slated to, to release on January 28th. So. Mm. Correct. All right. IMDb time. Did you go on IMDb at all to check anyone out? I did, but I kind of did this after watching the movie. Uh, I didn't jump on it during, but... Um, and I don't know if it's because when I saw Miles, when he got revealed the first time, I think in my head, I am just I just knew. 
who it was. And then it wasn't until afterwards that I was like, hang on, who was that? And it's uh, he plays Josh in To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh. Uh, so he he's the uh, I think he initially dates Lara Jean's sister, and then she nicks off, and then like they've always had like a thing for each other. He's the next one neighbor. They've always had a thing for each other. Oh, cool. Um, as soon as you see pick up. photos of him from that movie, you'll know. But yeah, know, that was him. Yeah. Well, if anyone Israel Brasad, <laughs> Israel Brasad, that's it. yeah. Well, if anyone wants to listen to our uh, episode on to all the boys I've loved before, that's uh, in about four episodes' time. So um, get excited to. Um, have a re-listen to that one. <clears throat> Spoiler alert, we have recorded that one um, previously and we're not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're almost um, up to it, actually. Yeah, four episodes. That's it. That's, that's yeah. We're there. Um, so IMDb for me, I I know that last week when we did sort of the intro for this one that we spoke about Lizzie Kaplan and you mentioned that she's in Castle Rock um, mm-hmm. season two. And a bit more than that. I haven't. Yeah, well, I haven't. Um, I haven't, I've got it sitting there. I'm a big Stephen King fan. Haven't watched it yet. So I did IMDb, but not for that. I She was in Cloverfield. And as yeah. soon as I looked it up, I was like, oh, okay. She's the, she's the chick from Cloverfield. So that was uh, my, IMDb, my IMDb. She's also the chick from Mean Girls as well. Mm. The yeah, so very friend of whatever. Very familiar face. Um, yeah. Good. Okay. Question time. Have you got any questions that you would like to ask me? This is a good one. I've got a good one. I'm going to say it straight away. It's a good one. So, obviously, when the big first war happened and all the humans fled, why do you think they wiped all of their own memories? Is Was it to make them feel more human? Because if so, does that contradict the ability for AIs to exist purely as AIs? The fact that they can't live that life without knowing that they're AIs, like, why would they have done it in the first place? Good. Yeah, I had a very, very similar question for you. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know how to answer this one because this this wiping the memories, I guess kind of answering your question is they, they think that they're going to be free of guilt by doing that. Um, and But, yeah, my, my counter argument to that, I guess, almost is like that we learn from mistakes and we learn from pain. Mm. So why, yeah, like why why do they do it? Like would, would you do it? I wouldn't want to do it. I'd want to, I'd want to be able to, to, to know that they're coming back at some stage. So we should be prepared. Yeah, that's the um, thing. There, there, and no and they wanted having, to be prepared. Yeah. There's no point having some tiny little resistance, um, sort of little camp that mm. are ready to fight when no one else is, when you could have this huge army, I guess. So yeah, I, I agree. It's a weird one. So I think the argument almost is that it made them feel human. Like they did not know that they were AIs. And, and to me, that kind of as I said, contradicts the ability for us to say that, hey, AIs can function in society. It's like, oh, no, they can only do it if they don't know they're AIs. So that's yeah. uh, a kind of bit of a head scratcher. Good. I agree. Um, I got one. Have you got any more? Sorry, I shouldn't cut you off. Uh, the only other one I wanted to ask is how do you think they navigated the aging thing? Because obviously they didn't question that none of them were getting older or did they just not know that getting older was a thing? Yeah, so like they didn't really explain like why is he starting to get these visions again? So is it that everyone just gets these visions again and then they just get their memory wiped when they start getting more, um, more regular and, and more intense. Well, potentially. And they, yeah. they just go back and they think the time's still the same. So well, it's been 50 uh, years, hasn't it? Didn't they say? Yeah. Well, so obviously those kids haven't aged. So they, that, and that's the, I guess that goes back to the opening line where he's talking about this routine and it's just wake up home work sort of thing. So I get, yeah, if, if there's this, 
big business that continually, and they showed these little flashes where they had the the family having their memory sort of wiped. So I'm guessing it's just something that they have to regularly do to um, bring them back to where they are, I guess. So mm. that they think time yeah. sort of stays the same here. Yeah. yeah, I think you can sort of figure it out. Just yeah. something that I wanted to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, so the the twist, we've, we've both said that we enjoyed this twist. Was there anything about it that confused you or, or do you think that there were parts about it that, we're left open wide enough like and, and are you happy with the ability for you to just like what we're talking about now i guess is just imagine and work out the rest for ourselves well to be honest i think a lot of a lot of it was answered i i almost yeah. think that they did too much of a job telling us how it all happened because as soon as you as soon as i sort of figured out the twist i was piecing it together in my head and it all kind of worked which is what makes it a great twist but then they went and basically showed everything about Michael Powell, Peter, going through that situation where they do have this kind of siege initially and they show all the humans leaving and they show them finding the girls and they show them getting their memories wiped and going to their new home and all that kind of stuff. So they, they basically spelled it out for you eventually. But um, Good. And, and like the, the smaller details I can, yeah, I'm happy to piece together. I, I wasn't left wanting if, if that's the question. Good. And, th- and that's that's what I was hoping because that's why I liked this more than I liked how it ends the other week because this gave me closure, whereas that one didn't. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, so that, that's why I enjoyed this one a bit more. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know if this question even makes sense. I wrote it down as I was watching it, but we'll see how we go. So, <laughs> and this, this is more to do with that family sort of idea and, um, you know, his focus throughout the film about trying to work out what these visions are. So what if the focus needs to be outside your family unit so that you can ensure that you can focus on them later on do you think that that's a good way of living that or do you need to be able to balance these between Uh, yeah okay i I think yeah okay i think you need to balance them a lot better because i mean in this situation he was not lucky but what what he thought was going to happen actually did happen but if you focus too much time and energy on stopping what might happen then you don't live in the now and and he wasn't living in the now and he was drifting apart from his family. So hmm. for this story, it works. But in general, I don't think it's great advice. Yeah, because I think that there's possibly, you know, his boss, that David dude that gives him the number to, to go to this place where they wipe the memories. I think that, like, mm-hmm. I just want, I had a, like in my head, how many times has he given him this number and how many times has he been yeah. resistant to it? And like, why is it that this time, obviously mm-hmm. he had that conversation with the guy there, but how have they prevented in the past from people um, being able to, you know, to, to prevent themselves from going to that. And obviously that's where we get to this stage. So I just thought it was a, that's a good question. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Interesting sort of little view on what's going on. Um, cause that Which guy, is why I, mean, I think it's important that they've got that scene where the guy tells him, Hey, mm. you know, they're wiping your memory. You, you should be having, and he's having the same images like, because otherwise you just assume that he goes there. Maybe he does have resistance every time, but eventually he still goes there and, and gets it done. Yeah, and like, why is this guy so happy to just walk off and have it done? Is it because yeah, he wants to feel this guilt free, and he's got to that stage again where he knows too much, and he's like, "I'm ready to wipe it." Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, what he said though. He yeah. goes, "I have to get it done. I, I can't yeah. live like this anymore." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that was I liked that. That was cool. Um, last yeah. one I, I sort of have the song over the credits. That was, <laughs> I guess I could have put this in the IMDb almost. I was like, that voice sounds so familiar. That was sung by JoJo. Do you remember JoJo? 
<laughs> I do remember JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> that song, the Leave Get Out Right Now Leave, song. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So, I'll, uh, yeah, she sang the, the song over the, the credits, and I was just like, that is a blast from the past. <laughs> is it a yeah, recent but... song? Well, it was a song for the film. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, oh, really? Uh, so, she's yeah. still doing stuff. Yeah, um, she's still doing stuff. So I thought that was, uh, yeah, quite a, quite a little blast from the past. But uh, I was like, that voice sounds so familiar. <laughs> oh, That's God. a great pickup, Jesse. Oh, I, I looked it up. I didn't pick. I didn't pick up the voice myself. So. No, but you, you, you recognized it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Time to move on from my um, past liking of uh, JoJo's music. So this is the part <laughs> of the show where we wrap it up. We give the film a rating out of five and then work it out for an average for us. So MJ, what are, you, what are your final thoughts for this one? Yeah, I, I actually like so much of this film on a, on a surface level. I, I think it's clever. I think it had an interesting concept. I enjoyed the commitment to the twist. Um, I like that uh, you can understand why certain behaviors seemed off and i think it's one of the better blind sides that i've had in a while there were there was still something lacking though whether it be that emotional connection to the characters or the plot or potentially this unfinished feeling to the story either way i enjoyed the movie without having my socks blown off and i can sneak it up to a three star rating nice three well that's higher than a lot of other people are saying so that's that's a positive that's cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really got into this one. I thought the performances were, were, were pretty good apart from the younger members of the cast, like we've mentioned before. And like I said, like we said too, was <laughs> don't know if it's the performances or the, the roles. Uh, and I desperately wanted this resolution for these nightmare visions that Peter was having. And, and I got that. So that made me really happy. Unlike how it ends from the other week, which I've referenced already. Um, this one, I felt that it's, I felt satisfied at the end and happy with this one. So I'm giving this one a three and a half out of five, which gives us a average good of three point two five, which is pretty high for um, our averages. It's good. It is good actually. I wasn't expecting this one to get three point two. That's quite large. So we are on social media. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We're on there. So feel free to reach out to us. And the question that I pop up this week for pondering for thought was. Who do you sympathize with the most, the humans or the synthetics? I think I know oh, you've already answered. You, you've answered this one, um, it, I feel. I have. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, um, I think it's the humans for me. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I, I was more on the side of the synthetics. So, And yeah. that, that wasn't because I was connecting with humanity. That was because I was connecting with how they were being treated at that stage. And obviously, they treated the humans that had that way in a different stage but yeah uh, i think it's a that's a, not a bad little thought to think about you might connect with yeah well, or mine's based thing. mine's based on one character though who, who did a hell of a lot right so <laughs> yeah no that's fair that's good all right well we're back again next week and next week is our 100th episode obviously wow. we've done more than 100 but it's the 100th um chronological order that we set out to start off with where we're going to go back to the start and dig in this big sort of hole of netflix um crap and wonder (laughs) and we have a film which is a 2018 indian hindi language action comedy film and i'm gonna stuff up a lot of yeah action comedy i'm gonna stuff up a few of the pronunciations here so i apologize but it's called bri mohan amara and in translation that comes to long live bri mohan it's directed by nicole bratt it stars arjun matho nidhi singh Sheetal Thakur, Mana Vij, Sunny Hindura, 
Virant Kohli and Yogendra Tiku. So give that one a quick Virant Kohli. Yeah. No, sorry. Did I say that? I said Vijanti, Vijant Kohli. <laughs> I oh, sorry. I was going to say the Indian cricket captain is, uh, yeah, <laughs> is dipping into some Hollywood stuff. Probably. I always try to rush through and then I stuff up and I practiced these before and I thought I had them down pat, but I've stuffed no, them. I think, I think so. you said it right. I think it's just, right. I just, I just did it. So yeah, so that's um, our hundredth episode next week, which we're I'm quite no excited way. for. Even though I don't know what. No, the me too. Are, I can't I'm, wait. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. So, yeah, as usual, good times. Um, I'm glad that we both enjoyed this one. Mm, that was a good chat. Sure was. So um, yeah, I will see you next week. You certainly will. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>